Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for another Benny J bonus interview brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. It's time to Ben Jarofsky show. As I speak, it is Saturday, June 24th. A very rare Ben Jarofsky show recording on a Saturday. Very grateful to producer Chris getting up early to do this and our distinguished guest getting up early, especially for our distinguished guest, who's kind of on the same timetable I am when it comes to sleeping. As I speak, it's just there's so much turmoil in the world right now. My phone is updating me with headlines about a pending civil war in Russia, and these events are just spilling out. I can't even keep up with them. And we are going to discuss something that happened a couple days ago, which is like ancient history in this ever-changing world. And I'll start off by reading an email request from a good friend of the show, Beth. And she wrote on Thursday, I think it was, Ben, when you have Ramana on next, I hope you ask her to discuss politics in India. I caught some of the cable coverage of the press event with Modi, and it was uncritical of his awful right-wing politics. Even the Washington press corps tried to ask about his horrific record on human rights. Please help us understand. Keep up the good work, Beth. Beth, (laughs) your request is my command. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself, and then away we will go. Hi, I'm Ramana Hussein. I'm a member of the editorial board and a columnist at the Chicago Sun-Times. And as I like to say, a regular visitor in the Ben Jarofsky show for four years. And in those four years, Ramana Hussein has done more than anyone else in the city of Chicago to educate Chicagoans and people who listen to our show outside of Chicago about what's going on in India. I go so far as to say she was the only voice in the city of Chicago educating Chicagoans on a consistent basis about what's uh, going on in India. So much appreciation and love for you, Ramana, for all the work you've done uh, and all your efforts on this front. Uh, It's becoming a critical mass in this country. Like people are starting to pay attention outside of the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, And um, that was on full display this week when the visit of Prime Minister Modi from India to the United States. Full royal treatment in a democratic country. I think he addressed Congress twice. He had a luncheon with the vice president, Paris. And he, of course, had the state dinner uh, at the White House uh, hosted by President Biden. There's so much to unpack here, Ramana. Uh, the ball is in your court. Let's just start with the basics. Who is Modi uh, and why is he such a controversial figure? Take it away, Ramana. 
So Narendra Modi is um, the prime minister of India, and he's been prime minister since 2014, and he's actually poised um, to be elected again in 2024. That's what people are predicting. He is a member of the BJP, a Bharatiya Janata Party. I probably mispronouncing it, but this party is pretty much considered a right wing right-wing group. You would call them a Hindu nationalist um, group. I've talked to some of my Hindu friends and I'm, I'm asking them if that's an okay thing to say, because I don't want to, you know, I, I want to first of all say that I do know many um, Hindus. My, my mom, most of her best friends growing up were Hindus. My uncle still considers his friends in, in you know, my, this is my uncle in India who is very close family friends with a lot of Hindus. And um, one of the things that kind of made us relaxed a lot through the years whenever we heard about violence between different religious groups was that my uncle was so close friends with these people, they would probably protect him if anything did happen to Muslims. But the last couple of years, I mean, my uncle included, who's never said anything, is um, there's a lot of concern about um, oppression against religious minorities. Most Muslims are the biggest targets, but also Christians and oppressed castes, castes, you know, people, you know, they, um, in, in the Hindu, um, I guess, society, there's there's caste. People are identified by their caste. I usually can't tell, but people can tell by the last name what caste they belong to. So there's been a lot of discrimination against certain castes as well. Um, there's been a lot of um, pushback um, on journalists. Anybody says, says anything, any dissidents. So it's just kind of been a uh, snowball of events. Now, a little bit about Modi. Modi used to be the chief minister of Gujarat. Gujarat is a state in Western India. In 2002, I actually was in India right before the situation happened. There was um, a group of Hindu pilgrims that were, um, I believe, set on fire. And uh, a lot of people said that it was Muslims who did it. Anyway, there was just um, fighting after that. There were these riots. And um, a lot of people said, so Modi was like the head of the state at this point. They said he kind of gave like a blank check to the police officers or just kind of like let them do whatever they want wanted to. And so a lot of Muslims were targeted. Um, it was kind of um, seen as... Um, payback for this incident that happened on this train and people were just it was just about a thousand people were dead when it ended and um the the criticism of modi was that he just kind of stood back and let it happen and didn't really stop anybody from doing this and there were a lot of people that were held accountable after this happened modi claims that he never did anything that he was not responsible around this time um the united states in 2005, this is under the George W. Bush administration, issued um, uh, basically withheld uh, Modi's visa. So he could not come to the United States anymore. I think he was the only person that's ever been held um, from keep withheld from coming to the United States under this law that keeps people from different countries who've you know, practice widespread religious discrimination. So he was banned from coming to this country until he got elected in 2014. Then he became like, you know, head of a state. So then he was allowed to come back during, um, it was Barack Obama's administration. And he came, but a state dinner is completely different from the other visits that Modi's had. So now, you know, 
India has definitely changed, you know, since I was a kid, when I used to go to India when I was when I was younger in the 70s and 80s, I'd get really annoyed because there's nothing American there. And, uh, you know, India was allies with Russia. And I remember one year I did go to Pakistan. I, had some, I have some relatives in Pakistan. Most of my relatives are in India. Most of my first, co- all my first cousins are in India. All my uncles and aunts, everybody was born in India. We have very, we have like some distant relatives there. And so my mom grew up with one of them and she ended up in Pakistan. So one year I went to um, Pakistan and India, both of them went to Pakistan first and went to India. And I was so impressed because Pakistan had Coke. And I was like, oh my God, they have Coke. I was so excited to drink a can of Coke every day. And I was like wondering, and then I came to India and I told my cousins about it. I'm like, how come you guys don't have this? You guys have all these like fake knockoffs and like they had this thing called thumbs up, but it wasn't, wasn't good at all. Anyway. Um, so India was allies with Russia for a long time and they still are. And um, Pakistan was, you know, they had a, I guess a shaky marriage with the United States for a long time with everything happening in Afghanistan and stuff like that. So um, you know, now since the nineties, India's kind of open trade. There's every everything, it's all it's very American now. My mom's town even has a Domino's. And when I went to India this time, I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? And I was like, where were these when I was a kid? Now it's a little less impressive for me. Let's see McDonald's and things like that. But there's a lot of American companies now. India's like, you know, seen it's like India or China. Like it is are either one gonna be the next superpower? That's a big question. So with China. Um, the United States uh, wants is is worried about China, so they need an ally in that region, and India's you know the prime ally that they're looking for. So Biden, by having this state dinner, he's trying to court India. And the thing is, the problem is <laughs> these last couple of years, um, India's pretty much deteriorating, um, and the situation. Um, against religious minorities, particularly Muslims, has gotten really, really drastic. There's this one state in Assam where they um, basically have have basically took Muslims, stripped away their citizenships. Like these are Muslims, people have been living there for years. They're like, oh, you guys are migrants. So it's kind of like, the, they're like saying that they're not American. It's kind of like similar to what's happening in the United States, except nobody's really had their citizens stripped. Uh, so there's been a lot of protests, but you know, a lot of people jailed. Ben, I sent you um, an article from Political about how when Modi was here, they played a song from a very popular movie. And uh, there was a, a, a cappella group uh, that sang for Modi. And the song they sang was from Shah Rukh Khan is like this huge, 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 huge actor. I mean, I don't know how to explain how huge he is. I mean, people say Tom Cruise. He's bigger than Tom Cruise. I mean, you'd see his ads everywhere. And he's Muslim. And he's spoken out against uh, the Modi government. And uh, last year, or the year before, his son was arrested on a drug bust and jailed for a while. And ever since then, he's kind of kept quiet and people have been criticizing him. But they were playing his song from, you know, it's not like he was singing it, but it was from a wedding where, you know, he's, I mean, from a movie and he's lip syncing the song. So it's like, it's just really crazy. Um, You know, we talk about book bans here and people erasing black history from um, textbooks. That's what's happening in India right now. They're pretty much erasing um, Muslim history. Muslims have been in India for a long time. So they're kind of, they're kind of, and, and this is one of the things, uh, I wrote a column about this last week. They're using the language of social justice. They're saying that we were the colonists. The Muslims were the colonists in India and they invaded and they're not real Indians. So they're kind of taking, there's, I know there's some textbooks that have taken out all the, um, 
historical significance of Muslims in India. Um, and, and it's it's kind of crazy because one of the biggest symbols of India for a long time was the Taj Mahal that was built by Muslims. And uh, I have to tell you, Ben, when I was younger, you would see the Taj Mahal everywhere. Like you would see like little miniature Taj Mahals. Those are the symbols. You'd see them at the airport. No pictures anymore at all. No pictures, no little like statues that you could buy. I, there could be some in other places, but I did not see any in the Delhi airport. Delhi is the capital of India. There were really no signifiers of um, Muslim culture. And that's kind of crazy because Muslim culture has heavily influenced a lot of things in Indian culture, just as Hindu culture has. I mean, even me, um, what I wore to my uh, wedding reception and the wedding outfits I wore, some of it was from Pakistan, but the colors I wore were very based in Hindu culture because we're Indian. So a lot of things that we've adopted, I wear saris, those are Hindu too. So we've kind of borrowed from each other's cultures all these years. And just your race, like a significant part of the culture is is just insane. And that's just the cultural part. I mean, there's people being killed and raped. Um, in Hinduism, a lot of people don't eat meat and Muslims are huge meat eaters. And uh, in a lot of states, um, the eating of beef is banned. But um, some people do eat it. They kind of eat it under the sly. And some people don't. But some, some people are being killed for suspected of eating beef and nothing's happened. It's like vigilante attacks have been risen. risen. And I was reading an article the other day that they said 90% of the hate crimes um, in India have been done under, like within the last, I forgot, 20, 30 years, have been under the Modi government. So a lot of Indians, um, not all, a lot of Indians are definitely fans of Modi. They were pretty upset that, you know, they know why Biden is throwing out the red, was throwing out the red carpet for Modi. But at the same time, they felt like you need to talk, address this human rights, you know, the human rights violations that are happening. And, and it makes a lot of us upset because, you know, Americans tend to have limited outrage. They get outraged by certain countries, but then they kind of give, you know, they kind of just don't care or give other countries a pass. Like we hear about Ukraine and I'm not saying that nobody should be outraged about Ukraine, but it's like what's happening in India is just as bad, but you kind of hear people just be like, okay, that's, you know, there's been fighting going on in India for years, but I'm like, no, at this point, it's very one-sided and it's the government going after certain groups. And so I, I kind of feel like a lot of people are ignorant about the situation. I do think one, one silver lining out of um, Modi's um, visit this week is there were a lot of op-eds that I read by Indians. You know, I'm tired of like people who aren't Indian weighing in on the subject. And I'm glad that there's a lot of people from my generation and younger generations that are speaking out. There are a lot of protesters out there too. And I, I do think that uh, we're trying to get our voices out there and people are trying to listen. And for people who think that it's not important, there are a lot of Indian Americans in this country and we influence a lot. And I've written about this and the politics that's happening in India is affecting the politics here. And right, for no. let's, just, let's just say it's not happening. You have to wake up. All right. There's a um, let's just take a break at that moment because you, you you open up a lot of doors that uh, we have to enter before we get to the state dinner. Um, I just have to comment. It was the, that was a great riff, by the way. You, you covered so much territory, so many years, so many different like venues. But the part I have to admit that I had me laughing was the. <laughs> This ratty cousin, just picture this, ladies and gentlemen, sometime in the 1970s or 80s, this bratty cousin yes. from Lincolnwood goes all, or I don't know where you live, maybe we're in the north side, of, it doesn't matter, Brad, 
bratty cousin from the U.S. of A. comes over to uh, India and is lording it over her Indian cousins by like sneering at their knockoff coke. You know, they got real coke in Pakistan. Just saying, <laughs> like, goddamn, I was annoyed. I wouldn't even. I'm not Indian. I'm not your cousin. I, I don't even like Coke. But oh, I was annoyed. I have to tell you. I mean, you should have seen me and my cousins when we were younger. We used to take candy for them. My mom used to take like stickers, and like they would eat all my candy, and then I'd start fighting with them. And we would. It, w- it was pretty funny. And they. I have to tell you, my older sister was born in India. Um, she came to the United States when she was one. I was the first one born in America, so I was the target of a lot of their jokes. Like they would take like cow dung that was like used for insulation and it was like in circle that's made in circles and it's really good it's good for fire and all these other things so my cousins would take cow dung and like the circles and they would tell me it was cookies i mean i knew what it was <laughs> they like they like making fun of me because i was the american that's hilarious man yeah let's just feed her cow dung and tell her it's a special brand of indian oh i'll eat anything all right uh so yeah there is a uh very much like this geopolitical chess game going on uh and with the united states trying to play one country off another country uh, i've seen this my entire life iran iraq I, that, that just popped to my mind the way the united states in the 80s try to play one off the other uh, encourage a war f- funding both sides of the war uh because if somehow or other uh, the slaughter going on in that neck of the woods fit into whatever they consider their geopolitical needs. So right now, it's not just uh, India uh, making alliances with China, which that's a concern. It's India making alliances with Russia. That's a concern. And Biden wanted Modi to give a denunciation of a Russian's invasion of Ukraine. And Modi resisted doing that because he was like, hey, man, you want me to take a stand in this war? You got to get do more than give me dinner. Okay, you know, so they're playing, everybody's playing their little games. Uh, And what the United States is being told, the citizens of the United States by our leaders have, we've been constantly told that we should not pay close attention to what's going on in the countries uh, of these leaders we're trying to court because ultimately the larger geopolitical ramifications are greater than our concern for, I don't know, I mean, I know it's not genocide, but uh, human rights abuses. This goes back to the days of Carter, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy Carter got in trouble. He was considered weak and wimpy because he talked about human rights as a basic elementary concept in foreign relations. Uh, and so we're constantly being told, just look the other way. Same thing with China. I remember with the NBA, my beloved NBA, uh, with, with all the abuses going on in China, and the NBA had its business deals. They were threatened by protests. Uh, on a Twitter tweet from the Houston Rockets GM. Remember that one, Ramana? And all of a sudden, like LeBron James, Steve Kerr, they're saying, well, it's very complicated what's going there. I really don't know. And so this is an old story. uh, And this is playing out right now. I think uh, a big difference, Ramana, is if if you was explained many times, you just did now, uh, is that there are so many Indian Americans uh, reaching positions of prominence in this country, right here in the media, in entertainment, I mean, just newspaper commentators, TV commentators, running for office, key leaders, uh, particularly in the Democratic Party, but uh, even in the Republican Party, one of the daffier MAGA guys right out there is an Indian American. Uh, So we've talked about uh, him many times in the show, Vivek Ramaswamy. So why don't you talk a little bit about how 
these tensions in India, the, these repressions in India are impacting the relations of Indian Americans here in the United States. It's harder for them to look the other way than it is for uh, non-Indian Americans. Go ahead. Well, I think it's creating a lot of division here. Um, you know, you may not recognize it, but one of the things that I always tell people, I'm like, you know, all of us Indians aren't the same. We we have different political views. And one of the things I know for people who are worried about the human rights issues is that even people who lean Democratic here in the United States are very defensive of Modi. And I have to tell you, there's it's really interesting. It's, it it, it kind of colors our life here. And uh, there's this one um, online magazine called Juggernaut. And uh, I was following, uh, I remember how he sent you that Atlantic article about the Indian Muslim and talking about how when he goes into circles and, you know, says his name, people are kind of like looking at him because he's Muslim and he's Indian. But anyway, this same person, um, he was tweeting and pointing out that the juggernaut is a millennial Indian online publication, and they did not talk about Modi at all. Like, and that just shows you how like defensive people are, because there's got to be some people who probably feel like their relatives are going to say something if they put out an article that's anti-Modi. Um, and we saw at the city council level two years ago, and I know, I know I hate to bring this back. And Ben, I have to tell you, so when I wrote my column about Modi last week, I had you talking and you know, I could hear your voice in my mind because I was like, God, I'm writing about India again. And then I remember you told me. <laughs> When it came to your tiffs, that's how you kept going and you have to just keep going. So I was like, you know, this is an important moment and I should say something because if I don't, nobody else will. And there are other, in, you know, there are other South Asians in, in the media, but I feel like um, there's not that, not that many people are paying attention to the protests and how we feel about Modi. So I was like, okay, I got to write about this again. So I want to thank you for that, for telling me to keep going. Anyway, so two years ago, I know I'm talking about this again. Sorry if I sound like I'm beating the drum again. But two years ago, uh, uh, there was a city council resolution that was like about like uh, it was a couple of paragraphs. And uh, some Indian Americans who are very pro Modi found out about it. It was a resolution denouncing what's happening in India. And it kind of outlined what sort of things are happening against Muslims, against journalists, against the press cast. And it kind of listed everything. So they got wind of it and got very upset. And uh, they hired um, a lobbyist, former alderman, Joe Moore. And uh, they basically killed this resolution. First of all, the resolution, they had like these meetings and the resolution ended up being two sentences. One was Joe Biden quoting about why human rights are really important. It was really watered down. It was totally watered down. And, uh, you know, Lori Lightfoot voted against it. Um, all these all these aldermen voted against it. And they were saying things like nobody cares. You know, we, we were told by Indians that, you know, we shouldn't be making any sort of, um, you know, statement about India. It's not our place. We're, we're in Chicago. Meanwhile, um, <laughs> Alderman Maria Haddon, who is my alder woman, I should say older woman. Uh, she basically was the one who sponsors this resolution. So when I wrote about this topic later, when there's another issue, she told me, by the way, the city council resolution, I mean, the city council passed a resolution just a few weeks ago about Ukraine. So for, for people to say that we don't weigh in on international subjects, and this is a non-binding resolution, it didn't do anything except to say human rights violations were terrible was was just mind-blowing and the indian council got in, involved too 
And then just a couple of months ago, uh, there was uh, a Indian council that was formed um, in, at the state level. And this Indian, the language that was used was very Islamophobic. And this was definitely written. Whoever was behind the creation of this Indian council were a group of people who were very pro-Modi because the definition was an Indian was someone who was not um, from a Muslim majority country. And the fact that they even have to put that in there that made no sense, you know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, India isn't a Muslim majority country, but then they then they kind of con they kind of conflated India with South Asia, and then they mentioned all these like predominantly Hindu countries were can be part of India except Pakistan, and then uh, it was just insane. And so I felt like I had to write about. It. So there's like small things that will go over a lot of people's heads. That if you are from India, and and you know I'm an I'm an Indian Muslim, as everybody probably can tell at this point, it's 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 very disturbing. And for people to like turn their heads away in a place like in a place like Chicago, that you know prides itself on its diversity and being a sanctuary city, for you to not pass such a resolution, it says a lot how influential this these groups are. And um, I have to tell you, Ben. Um, so. I get a lot of hate mail from a lot of these groups and they're just, they just like, they're saying basically enforcing what they say. They're just totally Islamophobic and it has nothing to do. And then, you know, they don't, they say, I'm not an Indian. They're like, you're a Pakistani. And then, you know, if I tell them I'm Indian, they're like, yeah, that's just a name. You know, they, they wanted like to say, to strip away your Indian identity. And the reason I do write about India a lot is I have to tell you, I only have one aunt, my mom's sister came here. So I only have one set of cousins, three cousins um, that live in the United States. The rest of my relatives are overseas. And except for a few people who moved away to a different country, not the United States, um, I would say that 95% of my relatives still live there. And I probably have close to 80 first cousins. And, you know, all my relatives are there. And when I went to India in February, this is the first time, even when there's, you know, tension before, this is the first time my cousins have told me that they're afraid about what's going to happen in India. Like they're like the other shoe could drop anytime. My cousins who have kids, they're like, I don't want my children raised in this country. So America's my country and the United States is my country. And I care about what's happening here a lot. I care about what's happening overseas a lot in many different countries. But after the United States, like when I get disturbed about what things, you know, the MAGA and all this right wing stuff that's happening here, India is the other country that I, I really feel very close to because this is where my parents have taken me since I was three years old. And it's it's completely different than the India even my mom describes where people, and there's always been communal tension, but you know, this this is basically Modi's government has unleashed the hate that's been there for a while, just like MAGA unleashed the white supremacy. India right now is going through it's unleashed a lot of Hindu supremacy people have felt for a long time. It's just kind of let them say that it's OK. And um, I've had I've actually when I've been to India, I've heard a lot of anti-Muslim comments made in front of me because people don't think I'm a Muslim. It's kind of like school ties with Brendan Fraser, the character where like you're just kind of walking around in these circles. And it's usually amongst the educated class. And then all of a sudden people say stuff about Muslims and things that are said about Muslims are the same way people talk about black Americans. Like we have too many kids. We're uneducated. We're ruining the country. And they'll say things like that. And I've heard things like that said in front of my face and then. And I'd have to say that I'm Muslim and then 
people kind of have egg on their face and they kind of try to be nice to me, but I'm like, you said what you said in front of me. And so I'm just saying it's, it's, it's gotten like, you know, I'm older and, and, and I feel like it's important for me to write about because it's a country I care about and I don't want it to go in that direction. Just like I don't want the United States to go in a certain direction. Well, it's, uh, it's always, uh, it's always an interesting uh, little dynamic when uh, the Chicago City Council entertains any kind of foreign policy initiatives. And they're generally, the, the aldermen, I've had conversations with aldermen on the subject, uh, and, and, and they kind of, they're saying, you know what, I'm relying on, and then they'll fill in the blanks. Like, so uh, it could be Raja, you know, it could be one congressman that they know or one state senator that they know uh, who is uh, Indian American. And will say, this is how you should believe on it. Uh, uh, think about this. Or if it's uh, an issue having to do with the Middle East, it may be uh, one Jewish uh, American politician that they know or uh, one Palestinian American politician they know. And they're just following the lead of somebody uh, that they like and they get along with. And the next thing you know, they're in trouble. And they're like, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, <laughs> what now I'm getting all these angry letters. And, and I got to tell you, man, it, the politics, I'm following this, this dynamic. And this is really probably a conversation for another show. We could do the whole show on this Romana. Anytime international politics or ethnic politics filters, into uh, the prism of American politics, weird things can happen. I am watching right now MAGA slowly beginning to embrace Muslims uh, in cities throughout this country, especially in Michigan, because Muslim elected officials, elected officials who are Muslim, are putting out these anti-gay proclamations or ordinances, et cetera, and denouncing woke. And I'm like, are you freaking hitting me? And so the same MAGA types who wanted to ban immigrants from Muslim countries are now like, you know, they're not bad. They see eye to eye me about woke. And they, I guess they, everybody yeah. hates gays so much that now we have this. <laughs> all, all love each other. Yeah. I have to tell you that there's been a lot of talk about that too in the Muslim community. And there's definitely a division, but most Muslims aren't going to vote right. I can tell you that much, but yeah, that that's insane. And that's, I just saw a tweet from someone from Michigan the other day. I'll send it to you when we're done, but yeah, that's insane. We could have another show about that. And I could, we could talk to you about that too, but that's, that's just, yeah, that's just crazy for sure. And you know, I, a lot of people have opinions about Muslims. You're like, you know, these are the same people that would gladly put you in internment camp if they could. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, you want to, you know, it's, 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 it's just, I don't know. It's insane. And I definitely don't agree with it. And so, um, yeah, we could have a separate show on that. Yeah, but that, I went on that tangent just to say that when you, the role that you're playing right now with your column uh, in just trying to educate the different factions of Chicago politics as to what they're getting involved in when a resolution that seems so innocent and benign comes before them and the language is loaded in such a way as to overlook or underplay what's happening on the ground in India. The, <laughs> that, that dynamic is, exists in so many ways throughout the country on so many other issues aside from oh, this. For sure. Like even even for like black Americans, like for everybody to think that all black Americans think the same, all Latinos think the same. They don't. And that's the thing. It's like 
one of the things that I've heard, like the criticism is like most people who came to India first, I mean, my parents obviously were Muslim, but a lot of people said, I was talking, I was reading an article by a Hindu American, and they were saying that, um, that most of the Indians who first came here were all from the upper class and they were from certain castes. So their version of India is completely different than the way other people were treated, you know, like second class citizens. So people kind of take their cues and what they're saying, what certain Indians are saying, and and they're kind of just following their lead. And they don't realize all the nuances that are, are part of a society or part of the community. And, you know, even when I used to tell people like a couple of years ago, they would be like, oh, are you Pakistani? And I'm like, no, I'm Indian. But they're like, yeah, but you're Muslim. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> be Indian. You know what I mean? People know so very little about India. You know, people know yoga and then, they, you know, they, they do all the other stuff. And, you know, but it's like, you don't even, that's why, that's what bothers me about a lot of Americans. It's like, you know, the superficial things about India, but you really don't know about the country itself or about the history. And India is so rich in its culture and so many different religious groups. I mean, yes, it's mostly a Hindu um, majority country, but, you know, there's even Jewish people in India. There's Christian people in India. There's Sikhs, there's Jains, you know, there's Muslims, you know, it's like people are just so unaware of what entails are in, in our culture and the, even the different states. I mean, there's differences between, you know, my mom used to wanted me to marry someone like, you know, who had a background. They were from the state my parents are from, which is Bihar. And I ended up marrying a guy from Michigan, a white guy from Michigan. It was completely, you know, it's like she even wanted me to marry. She wanted me and my sisters and my brother to marry someone from who has like family from Bihar. And like, cause they're like, oh, that person from that state, they're complete, their culture is so different. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying like, there's so many differences. There's so many similarities, you know, obviously there's a lot of things Indian people agree on, but there's a lot of division right now, politically, even in the United States. I mean, we have Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, both of them are very right wing and a lot of Indians don't agree with them. And so, you know, when, when I remember when Bobby Jindal was the governor of Louisiana, somebody at work came up to me and was like, oh, you must be so happy. There's I'm like, uh, not really. I mean, I, my politics don't really align with him. Like, you know, people think I'm sh I should be excited. Like, and that's why I wanted to write that column last week, because I know there's a lot of people being going to be like, oh, you must be so excited. Modi's here. And I'm like, no, not really. I'm just letting you know that this isn't like a happy occasion for a lot of us. And I'm telling you why. Yeah, no. All right. Uh, and uh, so let's <clears throat> let's try to put some perspective uh, into all the different things we're talking about, including <clears throat> the role that Indian Americans are playing uh, on, on, on the just in American political culture uh, and in connecting the United States with India by what do I, what do I say? This deconstructing this guest list to the state dinner. Um, and uh, so Romana shared this with me yesterday, I think it was, and we've been going back and forth on this list. In some ways it's comedy, uh, in other ways it's baffling uh, for a non-Indian. Uh, and uh, so Romana's gonna help me with this. I, I was gonna deal with one item first, two things most notably, uh, and Romana get your response to that before we go take a deeper dive. One. Noticeably absent was uh, President Barack Obama. We'll get into that. I noticed he was not there. Interesting. Um, Barack Obama. 
yes, let's not forget the the middle name, Hussein Obama, uh, a name that gets used. It's interesting who uses it and when. MAGA loves saying Barack Hussein Obama. So I always come I back love, with Donald John Trump. Yeah, I love, I love saying Barack Hussein Obama, too, but that's for it, my personal reasons. Well, I love doing nicknames anyway, because it's like you got the nickname, use it. So, for instance, here we go, 10 trivia points. I know you know who Mike Ditka is. What is Mike Ditka's nick middle name? You will never know in a million years. Uh, George, <laughs> Michael Keller Ditka. Uh, all right, here we go. One more before we get to this stuff. I know you know who Michael Jordan is. What is Michael Jordan's middle name? William. No, but you know it's in the universe. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because that was uh, his dad's name, right? No. Oh. Uh, um, I'm blanking on my uh, uh, James no, no, Jordan. No. James no. Jordan is his. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I did, I did. Jeffrey was, I did know that, but it just wasn't coming. Do to not me. know who he was named for. All right, let's get down to more important things. Uh, and so, uh, noticeably absent uh, was Barack Obama, and I'll ask you to riff on that in a little bit. Uh, noticeably present was Hunter Biden, uh, who recently uh, cut a deal with the feds uh, on charges of lying on an application to get a gun or to have a gun and uh, just covering up his financials, a huge embarrassment to everybody. This guy has had a really rough and tumble life to put it mildly. Uh, he is clearly, he's like the bad, you know, if you will, relative that causes embarrassment for the father and Biden is in a tough position. He wants to show loyalty and love for his son. At the same time, he's under the Republicans are using Hunter Biden uh, as a way to attack Joe Biden and to try to under Donald Trump's crimes by saying, well, Hunter Biden, <laughs> that's all they got to do. Hunter Biden. And I'm like, why? Why invite him? I, I don't get I do not understand that. I do not. Why is he there? I mean, first of all, you got in. He got in trouble because he was trying to use his father's connections to build up businesses in Ukraine, you know, and China. I'm like, what? So what are you trying to get business deals from in India? I don't get this. And then I look in the list. Well, all the other Bidens were invited. So I guess they got to invite him. You can't invite that, the, you know, the sister, or the uncle or whatever. There's a bunch of other Bidens at this uh, state dinner. I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe not invite any of the Bidens. It's a state dinner. You know, you go have dinner with them next week at the White House. I just sometimes I'll just never understand. I am baffled by my beloved Democrats who just can't seem to do anything right. All right. That's my riff on that. Your thoughts on Barack Obama not being on this list? Well, um, so the day before on Thursday, or maybe that was Thursday, Barack Obama gave an interview with CNN's Christiane Amanpour. And uh, Barack um, Obama did say something. I mean, Barack Obama has been criticized by the Muslim community for like sending drones all to these Muslim countries. So I have to tell you, like, you know, people have criticized him because they feel like because he has, um, you know, Muslims in his family, he has a Muslim name. Um, he's been, you know, he's been trying to just, you know, sadly, he had to distance himself away from anything Muslim when he was first elected. I mean, he's kind of veered away from that. But in the beginning, so a lot of people felt like, okay, so he's going to go full on and like bomb some of these countries. So he's been criticized, but he's also spoken 
you know, about Muslims at different events. And yesterday and Thursday, he basically said that if I was Joe Biden, I think it's important for him to talk about the human rights violations. And he specifically said that, you know, Muslims, you know, he talked about the treatment of Muslims. And a day later, uh, there was an Indian uh, BJP leader who basically tweeted kind of like, was kind of like, he was kind of taking a swipe at Obama and the Muslims in India at the same time. He basically like, there's a lot of Hussein Obamas or police have to take, police have to take care of in India. So um, that just shows you the kind of response. Like if you do criticize India, that's one of the things that I think a lot of Americans don't realize is a lot of these pro Modi groups are very nice to you. Like they'll be nice to you. But then if I criticize India, they'll be like sending me these like, hate mail and like, you know, these letters, they have this like whole like letter campaign thing that they go after reporters and start slamming them. And if you have a Hindu last name, they're like, oh, you should just change your last name, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Barack Obama wasn't invited, but I'm assuming it's because um, maybe he's he's, you know, because he's been critical of India and has told Modi maybe in private when he came to meetings that you really need to stop this. So I think that's one I, one of the reasons I Hunter Biden, I think, just came and all the Bidens came because to replace um all the no-shows of other Indians who didn't want to come. <laughs> like, he probably took Hassan Minaj's place. Um, yes. that's, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. But the guest list was just uh, crazy. And one thing I do have to mention, yeah. I'm sure you were going to mention, but Bharat Barai, Dr. Bharat Barai, he is the Indian physician, Indian uh, American physician based in Indiana, who was behind uh, getting the city council resolution um basically knocked down and so he was a guest on the list and he is also someone who has sent me particularly islamophobic emails um after the city council resolution did not pass he actually um after it didn't pass he called me and goes now we should work together and be friends and i'm like dude you've been like totally when i interviewed you, you're like acting like nothing's happening in india so you want me to be friends with you and i just didn't respond but then for a while he would be sending me um emails and uh, and articles about things that muslims do in other countries um and, and just like you know just kind of tries to you know take swipes at me and he was one of the invites of, at this dinner which i thought was pretty interesting but i did know that he was very tight with modi and thus that's why he was so vociferous in getting the city council resolution. And one of the things he told me when I called him, because, you know, I wanted to take everybody's side of the story. He was telling me, he's just like, well, why do we care about what's happening in India? Like, this isn't any business. And then and I told him, I'm like, why is it your business? What's happening in the city of Chicago if you live in Indiana? And then he's like, I own property there. And this is India is like, you know, my country. And then at one point he did tell me, he's like, you Muslims have all these countries. Just let, let us have our country. And I'm like, yeah, but there's Muslims in your country like that. That's what he literally told me. And so, yeah, so he was one of the one of the guests at the dinner, honored guests, which is was interesting, but not surprising. Yeah. And uh, this gets into uh, some of uh, uh, the dynamics of Indian American politics. Uh, also guests, uh, Congressman uh, Ro Khanna uh, was a guest uh, and uh, Congresswoman. Jayapal uh, was a guest. Uh, uh, and then uh, your, your favorite congressman, uh, Raja Krishnamurthy, was it just teasing, uh, was a guest. Uh, and uh, Kevin McCarthy 
who's not Indian American. They invited Kevin McCarthy, uh, who, of course, is the Speaker of the House. So why don't you talk a little bit about that dynamic? Two of those uh, names that I mentioned are definitely what we would call progressives. I call them almost lefties. Uh, and, uh, and of course, uh, Raj is a, a very much a centrist, sort of the Rahm Emanuel uh, wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, and then Kevin McCarthy, who is, is Mr. MAGA in the, in the House. Uh, so um, I guess that shows how much clout Modi has. It's about the one thing uh, that MAGA and Biden can put aside their differences on uh, to welcome him to this country. And then you have these uh, lefty or left. I shouldn't even call them lefty. They're more progressives. I'm a lefty uh, Congress people. So get into the dynamics here. Go ahead. So um, Pramila Jayapal and Ro, Ro, is it Rohana, they're, they're considered, um, you know, they've spoken out against uh, human rights abuses in India, um, and they were criticized uh, also by a lot of Indian Americans are like, why are you like cozying up to them? And uh, Pramila Jayapal just put out a statement and I have to tell you about it. And she basically said, you know, I think people were kind of giving her a hard time on Twitter over the weekend, but then she put out a statement saying that, you know, she does want stuff in her country to be better. And that's why she showed up at this dinner. I don't know if Ro Hanna has said anything. And I have to tell you, his uh, he has tweeted um, some of my stories before my columns about India. So I know that he's aware of it, but he's been he's been more heavily criticized than um, the, the the congresswoman um, because they feel like he's kind of cozying up to Modi. Raja Krishnamurthy um, is what a lot of people think is Modi's guy in the United States. Um, I've talked to him too. Um, I, I do think that, you know, I, I talked to a group called Hindus for Human Rights, and they said that, you know, a lot of the issues that he stands on in the United States are the right issues. He's on the right side, but they feel like when it comes to India, he's um, takes a stance that is not very critical of Modi. So um, I know people uh, people have criticized him the most. He's probably faced the most criticism, but all three of those Congress um, elected leaders have faced criticism. And uh, one only one has put out a statement as to why she was at the dinner. Like, you know, I understand, like we were talking about chess pieces and like how you have to work um, in this country, but it's it's the hypocrisy that bothers me the most about our country and I, I literally like sound like my dad now like we said we used to think all the dads like whenever we would have family get together all the dads would talk about like foreign policy in the united states and they'd be like ripping on the united states and like why are they doing this and like and then now i'm like i've become that person but yeah. <laughs> so, so too bad my dad can't see that but i just feel like the hypocrisy like we talk about human rights abuses in china and there definitely are human rights abuses in china and i won't say there aren't but it's like, OK, we'll totally get, you know, clutch our pearls over that. We'll clutch our pearls over human rights issues in Muslim countries all the time. And they should be called out. And I'm not like saying that they shouldn't. But when there's countries that we want to cozy up to and they have human rights issues, it's like, OK, all of a sudden it's a complicated matter. It's complex. We don't want to get involved, you know. And so that's what bothered me. It's like, the, the the rhetoric that was used to describe like like you saw the pictures like that was with my column with uh, Modi that Biden had like giving the peace sign and then you know it, it was just like it's like a little too much and then you know the Australian pri prime minister who's also like on the left he's calling him a rock star I'm like you're he's comparing him to Bruce Springsteen and it's just like okay like 
this guy was like, you guys didn't let him into your country a couple of years ago because of, you know, because he was discriminating against religious people and people died. And there's a BBC documentary, which I've been meaning to watch, that was banned in India. Actually, right when I went to India, there was a lot, they raided the offices in Delhi and there was a lot of um, pushback against people who worked on that film when I was in India. So it's just kind of like, okay, you can't pretend, you know, like to tiptoe around it and act like this person's so wonderful is it, it's it's just very hypocritical and it's disturbing for a lot of people who do care about human rights issues in India. And I know Joe Biden, Biden like had to pick on one journalist in, from America and he actually did pick um, a Wall Street Journal reporter, Sabrina Siddiqui, who I know vaguely, um, to ask Modi a question. She's Muslim and she brought up, you know, you know, human rights issues in yeah. And Modi danced around it. But, you know, so I think there's some ways they can do it, but I think that we need to be a little more firm. And I think that's what a lot of people, they, they, I think they feel like the great, the cheerleading is what's beginning yeah. to the, to most people. Yeah. I, I, listen, this is one of my favorite topics. I don't want to go down this path. Uh, but when people say something is complicated, uh, first of all, everything is complicated. I mean, just explaining just in this one instance, explaining all the different ethnic groups in India, explaining why there's Muslims in India, even though there's a quote unquote Muslim country, Pakistan, explaining the history of the entire like British Empire and how uh, India got its independence uh, in the 1940s. Just explaining all this is complicated. It is overwhelming. And most Americans would just shut off. So yes, it's complicated. But I think what people are saying when something is complicated, it means that they themselves are tugged into different positions. There's contradictions. And so we have contradictory uh, views in something. And and Ramana, the way I address it, because I have I'm, I'm supposed to have an opinion on absolutely everything. When you have a podcast, you have to have an opinion on everything. And sometimes I get before the microphone, and I go, you know, I'm like a flag blown in the wind. I don't know what I, you know, and I'm like, on one hand this, on one hand that. And, and it's life is filled with contradictions, ladies and gentlemen. To pretend sure. it's an absolute it's, is ridiculous. Go ahead. And it's totally fine to be confused by something. But then, like, you know, I, I heard that a lot. I heard it was, like, complex and complicated a lot by city council members. And they were also saying, like, I don't know what's happening there. Like, I don't know. I'm not educated on this. And I'm like, you can just pick up a newspaper and or Google it right before. So to to say that, so that's what I don't like. I don't like the posturing. Like, just, just shut up and just say that you don't want to vote for it. Like, don't give me this, like, thing about how you're so confused and, like, it's too complicated for you. Just shut up. You don't get it. You know, it's just like, you don't want to vote for it because, like, you know, just, just say no. You know what I mean? So it's just, like, insane. But I want to know, Ben, what your thoughts are on why Billie Jean King was there. I don't know what Billie Jean... I mean, the... the, the... <laughs> There's so many questions I have that have really like secondary, like Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King was like one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Uh, why was she invited? I don't know. Maybe they skipped her at a previous state dinner and they felt bad. I, I've Maybe she's good friends with some one of the Biden kids. I don't know. Uh, this is one that uh, your uh, husband and my dear friend, Mick Dunkey, will get a kick out of. So I'm doing this for you, Mick, as much as anything else. Uh, Mayor Rahm used to have... Um, this press kid, uh, what was uh, Ben LeBolt was his name. He was a flag for Ram uh, and he 
I guess Ron met him in Washington. And when Ron first ran for mayor, he brought him to Chicago and he did press for Ron. And it's just one of those young, uh, at the time they were young, whippersnappers that Ron brought to Chicago that thought they were like smarter than everybody in Chicago, which is understandable. I can't understand why you thought you were smarter than everybody in Chicago, because people in Chicago were dumb enough to elect your boss as mayor. So therefore, it's easy for you. Oh, they elected this guy? They must be really stupid. So I really understand why you think Chicagoans are dumb. Anyway, they invited him. He's the assistant to the president and director of communications. What I want to know is, why did they let him bring a guest? It's just the Honorable Ben LeBron. By the way, he's the Honorable now? He was the press guy for Rom. He was a flag. When, maybe, maybe when he, do flags get to be honorable? Maybe, I, maybe he became a judge. Maybe he didn't have Maybe he didn't have a plus one. He could have just go like, oh, I can't find. Nobody wants to come. You can't find someone? Yeah. Mick Lumpy would have gone with you, Ben. Mick Mick. <laughs> <laughs> you could have called Mick. He'd have flown in. I I, I would have for, forbid him to go, but you would have, <laughs> that's it. All right, Mick wouldn't have gone. I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gone, Ben, because I had a White Sox game. But um, I don't know. Somebody would have sat. Poor Ben is sitting at a table all by himself. No one will talk to him. You know, did I? Did I ever tell you I worked on Mayor Rom's first mayoral campaign? You mean the one in which the dummies in Chicago elected a guy who didn't know anything about Chicago? Yeah, that one. Uh, all right. Uh, and um, so that's and then the Kennedy, they had a bunch of Kennedys there, uh, which is interesting because Robert F. Kennedy uh, is running for president in, in the Democratic Party. Why he's not running as a Republican, I do not know. Yeah. Uh, yes, totally anti-vaxxer, insane person. Uh, and they had a journalist. Uh, Thomas Friedman, a columnist for the New York Times, uh, was invited and he got to bring his wife. He, Biden, I'm just saying, you won't let LeBolt bring anybody. Uh, all right, help me out here, Ramada. Who are some of the other names uh, that I should so, be? Uh, go ahead. The Ambani's, Ambani's are really rich Indian family. Uh, they're from India. They were at the event. I guess that makes sense for business reasons. Um, they just opened an art center in India a few months ago, and they like Zendaya, or you know, I think that's her name is pronounced, and all these like you know, uh, one of the Hadid sisters was there, and like I was like paying attention to that because I was like paying attention to the fashions, but they're like a huge, huge, huge like rich family. Everybody hears about them, um, and then uh, M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Oh God! This is the guy who did uh, uh, I see dead people movie Six Sense, and so uh, he like his last couple movies is pretty bad, and everybody's been kind of like, why was he there? That's kind of weird. Um, Huma Abedin, uh, who was uh, Hillary Clinton's like I guess she was um, I forgot what she was. She was kind of like this huge like high ranking I don't want to say assistant, but she was like you know basically her right hand woman and Huma is actually I have to tell you like you know South Asians all know each other my friend went to school with her in the Middle East and my friend claims and I, I do have family friends who know her parents um, they said that they used to kind of come through Chicago and knew all our parents but Huma Abedin was the one that was married to um, that uh, God why am I forgetting his name I can't believe you're forgetting his name he has the funniest last name uh, of all time for for what he did in particular no what's his name why am I forgetting his name but anyway yeah. 
Weiner, yeah, Anthony Weiner, yeah. How could we forget? I watched a documentary about him. So I remember. Um, so she last we heard she was dating Bradley Cooper, and my friend who went to school with her was mad at her for marrying Anthony Weiner, and she's like, Bradley Cooper's too good for her. But anyway, she's like, she's she wrote a book, and she's like, she's part Pakistani and part Indian, and she's very yeah. like, she's she's like me, and she's a practicing Muslim, and you know, she there's no way she's very intelligent. There's no way she doesn't know about Modi, and she went with her sister. And uh, I, I, I have a lot of questions about that. I'm sure a lot of uh, Muslim Americans and South Asian Muslim Americans are probably like, what the hell are you thinking? But, you know, I'm thinking she's going as like a power play thing. But I don't know. I've seen a lot of activists and saying like everybody, sh everybody who went to that dinner should be ashamed for whitewashing the human rights violations that, um, that are taking place in India. So, yeah, I, 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 I guess I kind of got that. I didn't get M. Night Shyamalan, but I'm thinking all because there's no other big name Indian um, Indians in pop culture who were there. I'm surprised Mindy Kaling was there because she's a total candidate that would go there. A lot of Indians feel like she's a total whitewashed kind of person, but she wasn't there. We didn't see Aziz Ansari. We didn't see Cal Penn. We didn't see Hassan Minaj. Um, we didn't see a lot of other prominent Indian Americans. And so um, I sent you that political article that Mick had sent me the other day, and there were a lot of Indians who were invited and they just didn't want to go. So I do think that this issue, these issues in India are going to be something that we're going to be talking for a long time. And like I said, Indian Americans are very influential and a lot of us still do have relatives. I know there's people who never really go back to, um, you know, where their parents immigrated from. But India is one of those places. I think India and I was listening to a podcast, Ben, if I tell you, that's really important um, in a couple of days ago. And this woman was pointing out how India Indians send the most monies overseas out of all different groups in this country. Like, wow. is it called remittance? It's like Indians and Mexicans, but I think Indians are number one. And she was pointing out that how American dollars are going to, um, to contribute, con they end up going to Modi's campaign funds, a lot of them, you know, like technically we can't, you know, people can't give money overseas, like, you know, for political contributions, but people find different ways to do it. So they, she was pointing out like how people don't realize how much money from the United States goes to India to help families. But a lot of that money is going to support um, Modi's government as well. In uh, a totally frivolous aside uh, that uh, reflects badly on me. I'm wondering why she didn't invite Bradley Cooper. I didn't even, first of all, I did not know she was dating Bradley Cooper. That was she breaking was news. They could have just had a had a. Oh, they could have had a. Uh, it was kind of like a. Um, it was like they would show up at events, but like different, like you know, entrances and things like that. They were at the Met Gala together, I think, a couple, a, a um, couple years ago or years years ago. Totally unrelated uh, diversion as we close the show down. When Romana's on the show, we usually do Romana's recommendations, but we've uh, taken up so much time with this more important topic. So I'll just close uh, with a totally uh, dumb diversion. Bradley Cooper, I just re I just rewatched American Hustle, is so good in American Hustle. Romana, have you ever seen that movie, American Hustle? It came out yes, about I twenty. Before you go on, can I say something? Um, oh. so do you know Lauren Fitzpatrick? She works on our investigative team. She yes, went Lauren Fitzpatrick from the Chicago Bright One, the Chicago yeah. Sun Times. She went to college with Bradley Cooper. Get the hell out of here. No, no. Came I on my show and kept that a secret from me? 
Yeah, and she, and she told me he was a total dork, and she remembers like going out with her friends once, or like, and he was tagging along because he was friends with one of her friends. They're like, oh no, he's coming along, and it was really funny because there's I was talking to her and Stacy Sinclair from the Tribune. We were all covering something at 26 in California. She went to school college with John Hamm, and I'm like, how do you how do you guys go to school with John yeah. Hamm, Bradley Cooper, and I end up with these dorks? But yeah. anyway, they, they said that they're dorks in college too. But anyway, I had to bring that up because. That's I remember Lauren Lauren that she knew Bradley Cooper in college. Shout out Lauren Fitzpatrick. Uh, anyway, everybody watch American Hustle. Great, uh, great, great flick. Ro- watch Jury Duty. Ramon and I uh, see eye to eye on Jury Duty. And for all you geezers out there, anybody over the age of 60, the good fight. You, If you're a boomer of, of who's a liberal, you will love the good fight and not about it because it's on paramount streaming everybody's like i don't want to pay for it. i don't blame you get the dvd from the library like i do and the All bear right. started the bear just started this week second season of bear the bear oh yeah the bear started yeah i'll be watching that too oh i didn't tell you this uh i started watching ted last so i'm such a sad oh it's so sad it's so I know. I know. we'll have a talk about that next time we okay. chat uh, so romana thank you so much um on just the quick turnaround for you, Green, to come and uh, just de- deconstruct this Modi visit to the United States. I know you're really busy these days. Uh, and so enjoy your pending vacation. And I guess I'll have, you'll be back in about three weeks. Is that correct? Ju- uh, July 10th. So, July 10th, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess three weeks for your show. But thank right. you, Chris, and thank you, Ben, for taking time out on your weekend to talk to me. appreciate it. Excellent. That's a great Ramana Hussein. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. And remember, you can always download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow the Ben Jarofsky Show on Instagram at Benny J Show and like and subscribe to the Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. Oh,